Sarah, your room is adorable. Thank you. Um, so you're in a new place. Yeah, I'm in a, a new house. I'm renting a house. Um, and you've got, is, are you, do you have your space all set up the way you like it now? Yeah, we're yeah. about to hang our last uh, pictures, I guess. Well, they're not pictures, they're artwork. Yeah. So I just so got like, frames for them today. Like the the bird, the dick with the bird on it. Well, I'm going to put that in my clock, 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 clock closet actually oh so it's not going up on the wall yeah it's just too big and it's too aggressive explicit it's too aggressive i don't want to look at it every oh, day oh well maybe one day when we have like an like a an, like an actual studio space if you want i'd i'd be honored to hang your dick on the wall yeah, it's just, uh, it's... Maybe right is, where people can see it right when they come in, you know. Just the rooms in the house are too small to warrant a dick, a dick that of that, A dick of that size. <laughs> so listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, um, Sarah wrote and directed a film a couple years ago called Dick Prick Professional, which you can watch on Critical Crop Top's YouTube channel. It's very funny. It's honestly one of my favorite films. Um, it's super funny. And it's about a, a, a avant-garde photographer who who professionally takes dick pics for people. And Sarah commissioned a bunch of artists to create art that like art dick different dick art that would go in the background of the shots. Mm-hmm. And some of and the, the most of it were hanging in the house. Yes. Oh, and in except the, for this one. Oh, right, right, right. You do have a lot of the other dick art hanging up. Yes. Yes. The better, that we are okay with having up. And this photo, this uh, our, this painting is beautiful. Don't it's get beautiful. me wrong. It's gorgeous. It's a very large, aggressively cardinal. veiny dick with a cardinal perched on top of it as though mm-hmm. it were like a tree branch. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. But I can see how very you might well find it made. a little intimidating for just mm-hmm. a regular room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, we'd have to explain it to like his mom and like, mm, yeah, you know, just don't want to have to do do that. I mean, we can explain the 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 what the what watercolor dick and the yeah artistic kind of like floofy dick, the floofy dicks. Yeah, there's. Um, I mean, there was a variety of dick art, and you can see it all in the film. But it's like, I mean, there was a really range, a range of dick. Uh, interpretations. Yeah, actually, I have the um, I use the dick for brains as one of the things that holds up my. Um, oh, beautiful! My which looks laptop. like an X-ray, but somebody got a mm-hmm. dick lodged in their skull. Yeah, I love it. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I'm excited to see that your space is all like set up, and now you've got your own like a whole room devoted to um your like your work and your makeup right mm-hmm. because this is where you're yeah. going to record all your podcasts i just noticed the toilet paper i'm like so <laughs> i was like should we leave it there is that a production design choice so let me explain this <laughs> i it's not for for to- toilet use it is no oh. this is how i use like instead of a box of tit tit same i just same I just tear off a little piece of yeah. this because a tissue is too big usually yeah for what you need, so I just have to- toilet paper in every room for your just like nasal my nose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just too 
lazy to buy tissues. Um, and it's not bad unless you get a cold, because honestly, toilet paper is really rough on my face when I have a cold. But yeah, ordinarily, it's a, it's a toilet paper kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Man, it is good to be back recording with you. I know. Um, I'm glad it was nice to take a little break. Um, so much has happened. And when I mean, like, in the realm of what we talk about on this podcast, like, I made a list of all the stuff that happened since we've recorded, and it's fucking insane. Um, but I'm just, I really love doing the show with you and I'm glad we had a, like a little break from first so we could yeah. like do a, you know, like relax and we stuff. We did our vacations. Yeah, we did our vacations and you had a really lovely trip. You took all multiple city kind of safely, uh, safely. you know, uh, same with me. I went to Florida. We didn't do fucking anything. We went to the beach and the pool and, and stayed away from people, um, and, and watched movies in our vacation house with the children, but. It was nice to get a little break, but I'm just really glad to be back uh, mm-hmm. seeing your face and talking to you. Uh, yeah, me too. So shall we get into a little Adam and Andy news? I guess I should introduce the show because I haven't even done that yet. This is what happens when you take a break. I get so rusty. Welcome, everyone, to the Adam and Andy podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And on this show, we uh, we talk about our two favorite actors, uh, Adam Driver and Andy Samberg, all the stuff that they're doing. Uh, we watch all their television shows, movies, and whatnot. And there's a lot of new stuff coming out. So uh, I think going into the end of the year here, we're going to have a lot of cool stuff to watch and talk about. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the season premiere of Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 8, The Last the last Ride. Is that what it's called? The last ride? No, that's, that's just, that was the poster. Remember, it said the last ride and oh. parentheses title of your sex tape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll be doing that. But before we do, we should get into some Adam Andy news because there's a lot. Like, I'm actually just going to do some bullet points because that's how fucking crazy it is. Um, wow. So who do you want to start first with, Adam or Andy? I'm going to give you Adam. the choice. Adam. Okay. So since you and I recorded last, the Burberry ad came out. That's true. Have you seen it? How could I not? You sent me every Okay, but did you watch the video? Yes. Okay, because I really kind of wanted us to watch it together briefly, if you're cool with that. Sure. I just want to know your thoughts about it as it happens. Okay. Okay. Um, So there's the Burberry ad, which took up a whole lot of my mental headspace. Um, I mean, that really just like, I feel like a changed person after that Burberry ad. I don't know about you. Um, perhaps it was not as earth shattering for you. <laughs> um, the trailer for the last duel came out. I don't know if you saw that. What's the last duel? Oh, well, since you've already seen the Burberry ad, maybe what we should be doing is watching the last duel trailer. I tell you what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna cue that up. That's what we'll watch. The Burberry ad, guys, I'm sure everybody has seen it and talked about it to death but i mean i i i the only thing i could say about the burberry ad is like wow i don't know he's he's gorgeous a beautiful weird gorgeous man and the ad is so weird and that's what i love about it. he's just like running along the beach swimming with is it dolphins or sharks it's a horse swimming with a horse swimming with the horse sarah um, and it's like his, his muscle, his muscles and refracting in through water. It's crazy. Um, and then he like kind of turns into a horse at the end, maybe like a half man, half horse. 
Sarah, did I you watch remember that? <laughs> I did, but I don't remember a half man, half horse. I mean, it's, I think, an implied centaur transformation at the end, for sure. Anyway, mm. um, the Burberry ad Is was... that what happens to you when you wear Burberry? I think so. Like, I think that the moment you... Uh, listeners tweeted us at AdamAndyPod. I know a lot of you guys bought the Burberry Hero scent, which is unisex, by the way. Is that what it's called? Burberry Hero? Burberry Hero. Yeah, that's, that's the brand. Unisex? That, mm-hmm. Interesting. And a lot of people bought the scent or there's also like a body wash if you want to just suds up. Um, But yeah, I've been I I, my understanding is that if you put it on your body that you will turn into a centaur. I mean, that's my understanding. So maybe. Yeah. Tweeted us at Adam 80 pod. Let us know. Have you turned into a centaur yet? Did that happen? And how long did it take? I want to know. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the last duel, we'll talk about the last duel. I don't think I'm going to say anything because I'm just going to show you the trailer and then we'll respond to it. Um, The trailer for House of Gucci came out. Did you watch that? That That I figured you watched because we did talk about that a lot over text. Um, Wow. I am so... Look, look, I'm excited about the last duel, um, but I have to tell you what I'm really hyped for. I was super hyped for Annette. We'll talk about that in a minute too. I was I was super hyped for Annette like you know I was like listening to the fucking soundtrack for weeks before it came out she was texting me while I was on vacation like when are you coming back (laughs) I made Sarah make a date with me I guess we're talking about Annette so we'll do that for a second Uh, I made Sarah make a date with me when like so I could buy tickets while she was still on vacation I was like please don't hate me but I'm I, I, I'm a, I cannot sleep until I know when we're watching this movie so we bought our tickets we saw Annette in a theater Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about it today okay. because we're going to talk about it. That's going to be our next episode is that yeah. we're going to talk about Annette. Uh, by the way, Annette comes out on Amazon Prime tomorrow. Tomorrow, as of this recording, we're recording on Thursday, August 19th. By the time this podcast will come out uh, next week, it'll have already been out. But uh, that's it'll be released on Amazon Prime uh, Friday the 20th, which for us is tomorrow. Uh, so I'll be watching it again. <laughs> Because I feel like there's a lot to take in. And we also, record next Thursday or the Thursday uh, after? Two, two Thursdays from now. Okay. Yeah. So there'll be a little bit of time. Uh, hopefully that'll give some folks in some of the other, because it's out in the US, but it's not out in every country yet. So I hope that gives other uh, listeners in other countries some time to catch up. Um, but yeah, so Annette came out, the House of Gucci trailer. I am so hyped for House of Gucci. I don't know. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I think that um, this will be the first time that Adam Driver will be outacted. You think you think Gaga's going to outact him? I think so. Oh my God, Sarah, that's such a bold claim. In what but way? Like dramatically, or just like dramatically? Just because we're going to be wanting to look more, at her more. You think like she's going to draw yes, focus? But also, her character seems to be more dramatic than his character like his character seems more meek and yeah a little more know. uh like uh mm-hmm. subdued so not subdued she'll but be like a, a better actor i just mean she, she'll like pull focus drama yeah. you know him yeah he's usually very dramatic and you know yeah that's true um he looks his character looks like such a soft little cinnamon roll like i'm just like i'm already like smitten with him um yeah. So I, I'm really excited about Hasaguchi. I'm excited about the clothes. I'm excited about Gaga. I'm ex- it looks kind of campy. It seemed kind of campy to me. Yeah, the the tra- trailer had like a few like little weird. I think it ended on a weird joke that it. I feel like it. Oh, father, son, and house of Gucci. 
yeah, yeah. like I'm just like that is this supposed to be like is this, this supposed to be like a serious like crime draw 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 drama like I hope it not seems a little goofy it seems a little trashy and I'm to be honest I'm here yeah. for it I'm here for the trash it's but it's not like it's not like the people who made it made it to be trashy it's, no it's, it's like the characters are trashy so like it's kind and they're of like bracing it yeah yes um it seems like somebody took like the real housewives of atlanta and then mm-hmm. placed it in the 1970s and 80s with really high fashion and they had like a, a super like high hollywood budget to make everything look fabulous mm-hmm. that's yeah. sort of the vibe yeah and totally. i'm into it um yeah. so i'm pretty hyped for that uh of course adam is still filming white noise that's okay. what he's been doing. He basically, like, Ju- July was, like, the month of Adam Driver. He was, like, you couldn't you couldn't blink without seeing Adam Driver on your eyelids uh, in the month of July. He was everywhere, at least on my Twitter. Like, it was, it was like, Burberryette and the Cannes Film Festival. And Annette came out. And then The Last Duel. And then, go- and they were just, like, it was, like, he was everywhere. And then, and then he retreated back into his, uh, his artist hole and we haven't seen him since uh he's we are not even pictures from white noise um so i don't so there hasn't been a whole lot of info there there was a a premiere in in la but he was not there um so simon and marianne cotillard and the young late the young girl who played annette uh were were there but he was not there that was recently i think that was maybe last week or it could have been this week. Why well, started? It must have been this week because I started seeing photos uh, yesterday. Um, but apparently he's in deep, deep, deep in the white noise right now. Um, okay, so we'll get on to Andy in just a second. I I love that you have no idea what the last duel is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have pull. We never talked about. I mean, I've that? mentioned it. It is a um, it is a Ridley another Ridley Scott film. Okay. So um, here, let me, I don't want to actually start, start, don't start playing yet. Um, it's another Ridley Scott film. Uh, there it is in the, in the chat, the link. Uh, it's a Ridley Scott film. Uh, so of course, Ridley Scott also directed House of Gucci. Okay. But Last Duel started filming before the pandemic. And then they took a break during the pandemic and then started film. They, then they had to finish it up. Um, remember when that photo came out where he had like the hood and the black mask and everybody was drawing fan art of that where he like, it was like a a paparazzi shot or something. And he had like the blast back on and he was looking very, that was from the set of the last duel. That was him like coming from, I guess his trailer or something to set. Um, so that's where that photo came from. Um, I'm not going to say anything about this other than it's based on a book and the tone is very different from house of Gucci. Okay, so okay. Uh, let's uh, let's let's synchronize our watches, and we'll watch this okay. together. And then I'm gonna. I just want you. And then afterwards, I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. Uh, okay. So, are you all? Are you at the beginning? I'm at the very beginning. Okay, Zero. so let's go in three, three, two, two, one, one. Here we go. It's very. There is only one question that Very matters. dramatic. Do you swear on your life that 
What you say is true. Medieval as shit. My father told me my life would be blessed with good So Jodie Comer. Okay. From Killing Eve. I'm married. Matt Damon. And whatever that wig is. There's Adam. Whoa. That wig. <laughs> and then was Judge Ben Affleck. Ah, ben Affleck. The wigs. I gotta talk about oh, no. these wigs. I say before all of you, I spoke the truth. The most unspeakable charge has been brought against you. So there's gonna be a lot of. Shock Legree entered our home. Is that a mullet? Like, is Matt Damon in a mullet? The accusation is false. So it's gonna be kind of intense. I am telling the truth. Yeah. The truth does not matter. There is only the power of men. This should be settled quietly. I'm innocent! Is I he? request a duel to the death. Sarah, your face. dire consequences. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. So then the big men are going to have a big fight to the death. I am risking my life for you. Oh, that mullet. No. It's going to be bloody. The penalty for bearing false witness. What, she lied about who assaulted her? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. I will not be silent. Hmm, yeah, please tell tell me. So, uh, so that's the last duel. So, Sarah, that's, um... Oops, sorry, I started again. Uh, that is uh, what we will be watching after Annette. Because that's okay. good. I mean, as far as the new stuff, because that's going to come out in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, uh, Gucci is going to be out in November. Wow. We had a, a lineup. We, going on. It, we're stacked. We're stacked and we're stocked, if you know what I'm saying. So so what are your impressions of that trailer? I didn't want to talk too much through it because I wanted you to get the story. But um, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, again, is it did she lie about? Someone like who assault did someone assault her? Did yes. she lie about it? Why are we making a movie about a woman who lied about assault? Okay, so I think it's interesting that and and I think that this it speaks to what the movie is about, which is are you familiar with the film Rashomon or the play no. Rashomon? So there's mm-hmm. a play and they also made a film of it called Rashomon, which is about like um I don't I can't remember exactly what it whether it's like some kind of assault or thievery or something in the woods. I apologize, uh, listeners, if you know, maybe you can t- tweet at us at Adam Andy Pot. It's been a long time since I've seen Rashomon, but basically, uh, it's a story that is told through a bunch of different points of view. And so you're like, oh, that guy totally did it, and then you hear from someone else's point of view, and you're like, oh, maybe. Maybe he didn't do it. Maybe there was a misunderstanding. This sort of reminds me a lot of Rashomon, um, but 
it's based on a book and the and 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 a true I guess a true story that happened long ago. And this is so the book is a memoir of what happened or whatever. Anyway, uh, a woman uh, uh, said that she was assaulted, and then her husband to I guess reclaim his manly honor challenged this man to a duel and they were like really tight buds you know before all this Mm. happened and so that's the story uh the novel is from different points of view and i think the idea is like who's right and who's wrong and who's telling the truth when i saw this trailer my first thought was like oh wow like they're gonna focus on her and her experience of the assault and how She's telling the truth and the the men are making it about them. That's what I got from the trailer, which so I think that's really interesting that you got something so different. Because in a line, it's like one woman defied a nation and, and something else about like lying about something or like. Well, I mean, I, was like, I think there's several people that say that ask her if she's lying. And I think that basically that older woman tells her that the truth doesn't matter and I think it's I think to me that speaks to the women in today even like we can look at this and go, oh, those were a darker time. But many women after an assault still have very little power and are not believed even today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very likely scenario to happen again. It's just so basically these guys are going to duel to the death. Here's the crazy thing. They're going to duel to the death. If her husband loses, they execute her. Because the because their justice system is, if the husband loses, that means the wife was lying. Crazy, right? So yeah, Adam plays a character who has been accused of assaulting Jodie Comer's character. Yeah, so it's going to be kind of going to be kind of intense. Yeah. Um, and I hope they do well with it i hope that i agree it's not like because like it's a really sensitive time to do that kind of thing so yeah. i hope that it's like on the right side of sensitivity yes i think that whenever i see a film that is directed by a man about a woman's experience of assault i get a, my hackles go up a little bit i get a little suspicious yeah i would say so i feel like you and i given our penchant for not cutting movies any slack will be thinking very carefully and we can still love and appreciate Adam, the actor and his work and still question the storytelling. Um, and I love Matt Damon too. Um, can we talk about the wigs for a second? I don't understand can the mullet. Talk- I, don't, I don't understand it. I mean, were they, were they just like, you know what? Adam is the only one in this movie who can look attractive. Everyone else has to look like a wet, dog that's been chained up outside of a trailer park yeah oh my god (laughs) (laughs) like what is happening jodie comer looks fabulous she does uh why is blonde why does blonde why does he look like he should be at like you know a a limp biscuit concert from the 1990s (laughs) i don't understand i know it's like was that a popular look in medieval times? Why were these cho- choices made? Uh, so, listeners, we can promise you that, uh, number one, if uh, and I know that there's a lot of discourse on Twitter about this, that there are people that are like, I love Adam's work. I'm not going to see this movie because it's going to be triggering for me, so I'm just not going to watch it. And I feel that. And so, listeners, if you are concerned about that, uh, we will certainly 
let you know that that's the movie. You'll know well in advance that that's the movie is we're talking about. And if you want to skip that one, I totally understand. Um, but we will be looking very critically about the storytelling and whether or not this film is uh, portraying this sort of storyline in a way that is, I guess, truthful or empathetic to the experience of the woman in this film. We're going to be looking at that very carefully, as well as these fucking wigs. Very carefully. Yes. Um, okay. Are you ready to talk a little bit about Andy and then we'll move on to talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Andy, sure. Andy. So the big news with Andy, of course, is that Brooklyn Nine-Nine was re- uh, released last week of this po- uh, as of this podcast. Basically, every Thursday night, they're going to release two episodes. Oh. And so we're going to end up getting a little behind and that's okay. But you, basically, Sarah and I will be watching two episodes uh, every time we talk about the How show. How many episodes do they have? Like 10? I think there's like 10. So this okay. will probably carry us through the end of the year, I think, mm-hmm. by the time we get through them. And, 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 or maybe not. If, if we're, if we got a one more month, maybe we'll do a little a Lonely Island or something and then we'll get back to season one. It was a bit of a whiplash to go straight from season one to season eight, but I, but I didn't get confused oh, yeah. about the story. Uh, it was just weird to be like, oh, wow, everybody's like 10 years older. Um, yeah. yeah. Everybody's and changed. I'm talking like, like their faces, their voices. Yeah. Like, I mean, they all look amazing. Yeah, they look fabulous. Um, Andy, by the way, it was Andy's birthday. That's some other news. Andy just had a birthday this week and turned uh, 43, I think, 43 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have to say, like, he did, he is starting to look old. Oh, my God. <laughs> like old. You, how old? You know, Sarah, he and I are like the same age. I know, but you don't have any wrinkles. And not that wrinkles are bad, but he just like. It's okay. He, he looks he looks weathered. Um, wow. Okay. Um, I thought I actually thought he looked really good. Um, but also I'm in my 40s. So. Well, no. What's interesting is that it was just because they're on the same set and he just it just looks, looks really like aged. Di- I think so like everyone the looks comparison like, I it for sure except for Hitchcock yeah. and Sully who look exactly the same you're right they yeah. look exactly the same <laughs> 10 years has not changed yeah. them at all uh but yeah uh Boyle uh Rosa everybody looks a bit older um mm-hmm. be, as they are their voices too like yeah. I don't know if maybe he was sick or... Well, I think their voices changed, get a little deeper as you age. I don't know. But yeah, I yeah. think for us, because we hopped in a time machine, it was yeah. really noticeable. Um, yeah. I certainly didn't notice it that much watching Palm Springs. No. Which was made no, he didn't, in like, the, the same... Like, or yeah, like, it was made yeah. like a year or two ago. So it's not like he's aged. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't look old then. It was just... I don't know. You, I, you just he, noticed it. I just noticed it. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. Um, So he just had a birthday. I'm sure he's really happy that we think that he looks very old. Uh, I don't think he looks very old. I just want to say that. I don't think he looks very I don't think he listens to this show, first of all. Um, But I actually thought he looks very great. I think they all look great. Uh, But yes, there's certainly a a noticeable difference because the show started in like 2012 or something yeah i mean the same thing happened with friends like you go from season one to season 10 it's like ah but also i wish people in hollywood were allowed to get older like it's because it's like i don't want to get too sidetracked but if you look at the reunion for friends it's like those guys are a lot older and you and you can see that they've felt compelled to do a lot to try to make themselves 
remain young, uh, except for Lisa Kudrow, who is timeless. And uh, but not that she looks old, but I mean, like she looks she doesn't look like she's working too hard to not be old. But anyway, I, the pressure actors feel to stop time like that's yeah. terrible and uh, must be a huge burden. And I wish they didn't have that because we if maybe we'd all feel a little bit better about our changing bodies if if they were allowed to age too, you know, oh, yeah, and I'm, not, I'm not, I don't want, oh, no, I don't think sound like I'm shaming sh- no, sh- no. Andy for looking older. No. It's just like, it was a, it was a surprise. It was a surprise I guess. Because, because we just saw him in Palm Springs and he right. didn't look old to me. Yeah. In Palm Springs, maybe so. it was the shoot. Maybe it was the lens on the camera. The lighting could have been yeah. the lighting. It was like overhead, the fluorescent kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And that I looks good on nobody. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is out. Two new episodes every week. I wanted to read you a quote from Andy about his feelings about the show ending. So so he says, uh, as it got towards the end, it got really emotionally rough because we all realized it was truly ending and we all love each other and have been spending all that time together for eight years. There was a lot of crying at the wrong times. There are scenes where you could argue like you should cry. And then there's other stuff where it's like, I just fell out and I'd be like I just realized this is the last time Terry's gonna say he loves yogurt mm-hmm. and that's just like that really touched me. and the last time Amy's gonna say or not Amy um th- I guess they stopped doing um the sex tape thing they, I they, bet they you it'll come up I bet we're gonna get all the greatest hits this season that's what I'm expecting yeah. um so speaking of which do you want to just do you want to jump right in to, yes. to this episode or two episodes so we'll start with yes. i didn't write down the title of the first episode but the episode did you write it down it's a- called the good ones the good ones what a great title um wow 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 first of all let me just say before anything yes. these are great episodes i like both of them i agree great absolutely quality i was a little i was i was there was a second for a second i was a little bit worried going in because like shows the quality the snappiness of the dialogue tends to degrade over time it's really hard to sustain uh really excellent writing and rapport between characters for eight seasons that's a fucking challenge but they did and they did i mean it's funny it was smart smart um like okay for like so uh, when the episode started i guess we should talk about what it's about yeah so it's about um, basically the idea of being a cop, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so the, the the good ones basically means like good good cops, bad cops. Yeah. You know, like I mean, it's about yeah. the 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 characters in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I think the show as a whole uh, reflecting on uh, police brutality and. Yeah. Uh, generally they kind of gave us a chance to kind of catch us up on where everybody is dealing with everything that happened in 2020. They start in 2020 with everybody wearing masks and doing the, the Coke COVID high five, the COVID high fives. So funny. Loved it. Great cold open. And then Rosa says she's going to quit because, well, we don't find out right away why, but, but pretty quickly we find out that Rosa quit because, after George Floyd's death, she was like, I can't be part of the system anymore. I can't be part of it. And so she goes to be a private yeah. investigator. And Jake has a lot of 
feelings about that. Yeah. So the episode is about that. I think that's the A story. But then you've got a lot of other little stories like Boyle is now because is like woke Boyle. <laughs> and yeah. he's trying to like be a good like, white guy. And Terry's like, you're fucking yeah. getting on my nerves. <laughs> What's so funny is at the start of the episode, when all of the store stories began, I was like, oh, this is just like, you know, this feels like some white right right writers got you know uh guilty and wanted to mm. write about i see um and make themselves appear woke but then as it went on it was like it, oh wow this it got is, really this smart re- re- really good really smart yeah yeah because it's not even about because at first you think it's about everybody dealing with that but what it's really a lot of it i mean and it is but no. it's also the the title really says it all it's about how white people feel like I'm not part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And Jake feels like I'm a good cop. I'm not part of the problem. And mm-hmm. Boyle is like, I'm trying to do better. I'm don't. I'm giving Terry, I'm Venmoing Terry $10,000 by accident. I'm wearing a daishiki like on June, on, on, on Juneteenth. And it's like this yeah. completely inappropriate performative wokeness. Yeah. Um, but it's not like it's all about the white people's experience, right? Yeah. Rosa, at one point when... So Ro, so just to also ca- get back to the A story here. So Rosa ends up with this case that she's handling privately. Um, a, a woman who was assaulted by police officers. And Rosa's trying to help her out and and get them... Get her some justice. And Jake's like, let me help you out. That I know the captain in that precinct. I can get... I can help get you further along. And she's like, well, we don't really want to work within the system. And so Jake is trying to prove to her that the system still works, I think. I mean, he literally pretty much says that. And it doesn't go well. Um, so the first what the first thing that happens, they try to go interview the rookie officer who was there. Mm-hmm. They're stopped at the door by... What is his name? I don't I remember love this that actor. actor's He's name. On He's scrubs. so good. He's so funny. And he was playing He's... this dickish, mm-hmm. overly patriotic lawyer so perfectly. <laughs> oh, man. Who, like, loves uh, three things. Um, uh, it was, was um, Cops, um, his mother. And Billy Joel. And Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, also, I'm sorry. I just want to get back to Charles for a second. He the pot. Do you remember the podcast he's listening to in the cold open, or maybe it was in the cold open? Is in the second scene. Two wrongs make a white. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could go. Oh I wish God. I could be a fly on the wall in the writers' <laughs> room. Joke. Yeah. <laughs> to hear all the other ideas they had for podcasts for that. <laughs> That oh, was a great one, great, though. That, I, I almost joke. wrote that down. I was like, I just wanted to, I was like, I don't know if we're going to read each other jokes, but like, that was a good one. Oh, my God. I actually wrote <laughs> down a lot of my favorite jokes. Um, anyway, so they get stopped by the lawyer guy. They can't interview the, the rookie cop. Um, basically, the captain says, if you can prove that what happened happened, then I'll help you out. Mm hmm. Uh, so the next thing they try, uh, Jake, Jake's idea is then that they go and interview other people in the neighborhood to see if anyone saw anything. And then you get these mm-hmm. awesome, this awesome montage of people basically saying, fuck off, pig. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. I thought was also very funny. And Rose is just yeah. standing there like, told you. Yeah, exactly. 
and then they get into a fight. And I, this was the, the first moment in the episode where I started to set, set up and go, this is no ordinary episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It reminded me a lot, and I don't know if you've seen this episode yet, but we'll come to it when we get there. But there's an episode where Terry is is uh, all, is is harassed in his own neighborhood uh, by a cop uh, who be, he's basically being racially profiled in his own neighborhood, and he's like, "I live here," and the guy's like, "What are you doing in this neighborhood?" And he's like, "I'm a cop," and like he and he gets like it's a very traumatic event for him. And they, the episode really, I was like, wow, like, that's a really, that's pretty deep for a sitcom. Uh, mm-hmm. This, I think, took it a bit further uh, as it needed to. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. show about cops. How could it not? Mm-hmm. Um, but Rosa's speech, or I don't want to call it a speech, but Rosa's sort of expressing to Jake, like, I can't be part of the system anymore because it hurts people that look like me. And, and you are just here trying to make yourself feel better. Yeah. That's the whole reason you're trying to help me. And that's not, yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Um, And that was really like, I was like, wow. Like I really felt that yeah. deeply. Um, anyway. Uh, so then Rosa kind of goes off on her own. Also, we didn't really mention this, but uh, the other couple B stories is that Amy, this was another, all the B stories were really good too. Amy, feels like now that she's back from maternity leave um holt makes small talk with her and she's worried that their friendship is or their work friendship is uh as as distance between it because she hasn't been at work mm-hmm. and so she borrows this sex selly sex book from terry to try to do all these relationship exercises relationship sex book yeah oh my god that was so funny um and we'll get back to that because that story had an unexpected turn that I did not see coming um, at the end there. But and then also Scully's retired. So now we're only seeing him on an iPad. How did you feel about that? Scully, I mean, for both episodes, there's no Scully, just Hitchcock. And Scully's I, like on the iPad occasionally. I, I was never attached to those characters. So um. I miss Scully. I mean, I like that they're doing something new, but I was like, I hope they bring him back eventually. Like, they're not going to leave him on the iPad all season, are they? Because may, may, maybe he couldn't film with them because he's like immunocompromised or yeah, something. Maybe. Um, anyway, I hope that he does make it back into the show at some point. I do miss Hitchcock and Scully, but I guess the thing is it, what it does do, and we'll see this when we get to the second episode, is that it opens up Hitchcock to get more kind of like... Uh, part of the group, I guess, instead of being on the outside. Um, also, there's a lot of good jokes. I don't know. A lot of good Sully jokes on that iPad where he's just being a such a creep. Um, anyway, so Rosa kind of goes off on her own. She talks to Hitchcock about how she can break in and she's going to steal. She believes that the lawyer has the body cam footage and she's going to go steal it. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts. It goes pretty well until he comes back early. The lawyer guy and is arguing with somebody on the phone about was it Billy Joel? Oh no, that was when Jake comes in and starts they start arguing about Billy Joel. Yeah. Um, so Rosa almost gets caught, but then Jake kind of comes to her rescue. Um and then they make up. But then when they finally get the body cam footage to the captain. She deletes it. She deletes it. Yeah. I hope, I assume that wasn't their only copy, 
but I guess they can't very well. I don't know what the rules are. I guess they can't very well prosecute um, if they stole the footage. I'm yeah. not really sure how that works. And then she gave a long spiel of why they couldn't get their justice for the woman. And it was just like, oh, wow, that's fucked up. It seemed like it was like they had to consult maybe um, actual police officers to get the inside scoop because that's stuff that I I hadn't heard before. There's a whole lot of legal poops. It's like the system is designed to protect itself from justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I know a lot of people listening to the show right now might be out there going, duh. And it's like, I'm like, why well, didn't know? I mean, I knew, I know that no one ever seems to get any. Uh, but we didn't know the actual steps. I didn't know the steps, like how deep it goes. I didn't know it, it goes that deep. Yeah. To try to prevent people from being accountable for their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fucking upsetting. It's. Yeah. That was a really upsetting scene. But I think it was very important I agree. for them to go through the the details. Also, at one point, Jake had said to the victim, uh, you don't have to worry about me. I'm one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, of course, where that, that episode title And then the, the, the captain said that, the same thing. And Rosa just like looks at him. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like, I heard it. Please don't look at me, Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, I'm one of the good ones. And I'm not just saying I'm one of the good ones. And it's like... I'm like, wow. Like, they really were not afraid to go there. Um, So, ultimately, they get, she gets the charges dropped, but they're, those guys are not, and even though they've been complained about before, nothing's going to happen to them. And it's just like, it's really. There was also a line that Rosa had that was like, it's the end of their shift. Like, a lot of cops like to make arrests at the end of their shift so they get, get a, oh, oh, overtime pay and I'm just like disgusting um yeah yeah. it was good to see Jake and Rosa make up it was good to Mm -hmm. see Rosa stick to this decision and for the show to say yeah Rosa is not I don't know if Rosa is going to come back on the force at some point during the show but it was good for the they didn't say in the next episode we changed our mind like Rosa's like I'm off the force like I mean this and and I I didn't I knew that they were going to address it in some way, but I didn't expect them to address it so uh, to take such a strong point of view, uh, which I'm glad that they did. And I certainly didn't expect a, one of the characters to make a decision where they were like, "I'm I cannot do this job anymore." Um, so that was pretty amazing. I got to tell you though, the scene that really hit me in the feels was at the end where Holt and Amy are talking and Holt is like, you know what? Our our friend, our our relation, our friendship hasn't changed. I'm just trying to cover up the fact that my relationship is like, I'm he and Kevin are separated Mm. and I'm getting chills just talking about it. Like the way he says, and the sincerity in the performance Mm -hmm this very silly show where he's like it, 2020 was a difficult year to be a black man, to be a police captain, to be a human. Mm-hmm. And I, I started crying. Mm-hmm. Like I've never been impacted in this way by this particular show. It felt so real. 
And after everything we saw in that episode, it just like all sort of crescendoed so beautifully. And, and the shock of like Kevin and Holt who two characters who have always been like so tight and thinking about all the couples that I knew because there were a lot I've known a lot of couples who actually like after 2020 they broke up because it was just like everything like we've all been through something right we've all been through something and we've I think we've had a moment where we were all trying to move on with our lives and then this second wave came in and reminded us that it's not over but even if it was we're all I think in every one of us in some ways carrying around whatever trauma we're having about what happened that year the virus the 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 protests over police brutality and and watching how time and time again like nothing would change the the insurrection at our our, our, of, of our government and how no one was held accountable for that it was just like time and time again and it doesn't stop um so it's like it's sometimes it's hard to keep your head up i think in the face of all that um anyway i don't know if you had anything you wanted to respond to about that yeah i mean it was a, a a difficult year and i think that uh that in a lot of ways it's over i mean mm-hmm. it is actually like that year is over 2020 yeah but um but in a lot of ways stuff is still going on and mm-hmm. um i think that that scene definitely was very heartfelt and mm-hmm. very moo 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 moving and this show is definitely not just a sitcom no it's not i i i felt so emotional about that scene and the whole episode and it was still very funny you know it still had a lot of great jokes i also loved how he was like you know i've been doing small talk with everyone and Mm -hmm. jake didn't like for example didn't notice at all and you like i haven't seen you in so long and then the first time i talk to you you pick up on it and mm-hmm. like our relationship is strong which is really beautiful and also i think really a clear uh indication of like that those two characters and how they're and and how their relationship is different than jake's relationship and also how jake's relationship and a, a lot of times it is not one-sided, but he sometimes I think has difficulty seeing other people's feelings and that's what gets him into trouble with Rosa uh, yeah. in this episode. Uh, anything so, else to say about that? Uh, of course. Raimi. Oh yeah. Raimi. Ra- Raimi. I want to show, I want to, I actually want a t-shirt that just says Raimi. Oh. I want a t-shirt. Is Listeners. It spelled R-A-Y-M-Y. Good question. Uh, I think it would have to be, right? I think so. Um, listeners, if anybody's out there making that t-shirt, you let me know. Tweet at us at AdamandyPod. I want a Raimi t-shirt. I want it. That's all I want. Um, anything else to say about this episode? I liked it a lot. God, it was so good. I thought it was very smart. Oh, man. The next one is called The Lake House. So... Interestingly, 
Uh, I read, so there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter, people like sharing things, like some of the actors sharing things about their, as the show comes out, they're sharing bits and pieces of stuff. And I believe it was the actor who plays Rosa who said that the Lake House episode was a really good one to film for them because they had this, they were still early to coming back to filming and it was still, and they were still in the middle of a pandemic and uh, they were able to have a really small crew and only a few actors. And they kind of just were in this lake house uh, shooting for a while. And it felt they, they it felt really safe to be together in one location uh, with a very small crew. It was something that felt very safe to them in that in that mm-hmm. time. So it was just, I just wanted to share that. That's cool. I will make a correction to you, though. It was not a lake house. It was the lake house. That's right. It's that the was a great joke. It's the, that was a great <laughs> joke. It's the lake house. There's no le- lake around. It's just the house that was owned by someone named Oh, yeah. That's lake. right. <laughs> what a great joke. Um, so this is what you would call a bottle episode, right? Where everybody's kind of in the same location. I have, mm-hmm. a, I have a soft spot in my heart for bottle episodes because I love it when everybody's kind of in the same place interacting. Mm-hmm. Um. So the A story is that Jake is trying to pull a parent trap and get Kevin and Holt back together. Mm -hmm. He does quite a bit of deception to try to make that happen. He gets into their Google calendar. Shit. That's. He hacks their Google calendar and makes like changes things on their calendar. So they are in the same place. Which is like, (laughs) honestly, a pretty high level of meddling. Considering yeah. these are two adults and that could have gone really sideways, you know, like two adult people who don't want to be around each other. That's intense. Yeah. Um, so Jake is trying to do that. By the way, my favorite, I don't know what your favorite joke was in this episode, but my favorite running joke was how they had to announce every time they were going to enter a room. I just really got a kick out of that. We're like, like their Raymond Holt is entering the living room. <laughs> that killed me every time. Um, also, the payoff of him getting mad during dinner and like leaving, going Raymond Holt is leaving the living room. I was also, just what, what was so the, funny. What was it? Was what was his partner's name? Kevin. Kevin. What was his last name? I, I don't remember Kevin's last name. I'm sorry. It was like a. It's like Kevin. It was like a famous last name, so it makes made it him, him sound like he had the same name as someone who was a ce- ce- celebrity. So it was like Kevin something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Holt and Kevin together because they're both so stoic and so stoic. It's like so anal retentive. Such a good match. Um, I can or imagine is it a bad match. Well, I can imagine how two people stuck together like that would get on each other's nerves. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also really loved Rosa. Hi, Rosa was my other favorite thing. I loved Rosa took an edible to suffer through this weekend. I, that's how I feel when I go on a weekend with a bunch of people. I'm like, some shit is going to go bad. It's going to go bad. And I'm, I, I don't want to get involved. I don't ever want to get involved. Um, and, uh, I think Rosa was really just trying to stay out of the fray. Um, and, and, and so I appreciate yeah, I love that j- joke at the beginning with a- Amy, where she's like, "Don't narc on me," and Amy's like, "I'm not, I'm, I'm not a narc." And then Rosa's like, "Thanks," and Amy's like, "I am a narc." Oh yeah, Rosa's like, "You like- can tell everyone I don't care. I'm not a police officer anymore." 
Um, yeah, of course Amy's going to tell. Of course Amy's going to tell. Um, I, okay, the other storyline, I really, I also really want to talk about the storyline where Amy is trying to get the, this is a common sitcom trope. The new mom is trying to get the baby down to sleep. Mm-hmm. I've seen that in so many storylines, uh, mm-hmm. which I get. It's a very big problem when you have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Boyle is is kind of the saying that he's the baby whisperer and that he needs to, ha- you know, help her get the baby down. I do. Lo- I did really love uh, Charles's nip tips joke. That was a great another great, great joke. Uh, Charles says nip tips and she's like why just why not just call them tips and he's like like, just "Just the the (laughs) tips okay (laughs) um I don't know if you felt this but my thought the whole time while where Amy is like marching around trying to get this baby down looking so stressed on her vacation Mm -hmm. I was like why isn't Jake helping her is literally no one going to say this like where is Jake I understand he's got to get Holt and Raymond uh, Raymond I I understand he's got to get Holt and Kevin back together but is literally no one going to talk about how Jake just abandoned Amy the moment Chris got back to the cabin I would be like listen motherfucker you are going to take this fucking infant and I am going to go take a bath and I don't want to talk to any of you for at least three to six hours. Like I couldn't believe yeah. that not only did he not help her, but no one, no one even said anything about it. No, that was shocking also to me. I didn't like that. The whole storyline with her and Boyle was basically boiled down to, she was being a I know right she was being a bad mother because she was being really anxious and when you're anxious it's bad for the baby yeah I hate that shit I've heard that too I mean I I also like and ultimately it was like Amy is too attentive and that's why the baby won't sleep and it's like what the fuck anyway I like that they were trying to pair them together I did really like the moment where Amy like bust through the door I thought that was awesome um, but I did, I agree. I had a bit of a problem with the fact that Amy was kind of automatically saddled with the baby and everyone was fine with it. And that yeah. also like Amy wanting to be attentive was like a bad thing, a bad yeah. thing for the kid. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. And then it was like at the end when she finally got, um, the, the baby back, she like made a huge deal about how he locked the baby in Mm-hmm. The room in a way that made her start seem to make crazy her look bad or like seem cra- crazy i was like what is the deal with this but like yeah i mean he locked the baby in the room that was messed yeah. up also why is it that where's up, that weird like, door handle on there? like what are we trying what monsters are we trying to keep out of that room that they're it's like it was it, it looked like a medieval castle like what the fuck um <laughs> I, you know what I think, I, I understand why they paired them because they got to give Charles something to do. They got to give Amy something to do the characters. But I think it would have been more interesting if someone who's like a complete idiot, like Hitchcock was somehow really good with the baby. Like if Amy and, and, and Charles couldn't get the baby to sleep together, but Hitchcock was super good with the baby, like that would have been something surprising. I'm just saying that's yeah. what I would have fought for if I was in the writer's room. Um, see, I think of Boyle as kind of an uh, 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 idiot. Sure, but Hitchcock is like disgusting and like such a he's such a he's that out there in your own universe character. You know, remember we talked about the characters comedy. So it to me it would have been like 
much more shocking that Hitchcock is somehow really good with babies. And then you'd get Mm. like a nice scene of like Hitchcock, like eating some chips and like getting them on the baby and having to dust the baby. Because that's what happened when I had babies is that I would eat and then get crumbs all over them. So you could like (laughs) brush the crumbs off the baby and then you'd have Sully there on the iPad and they could sing the baby to sleep. Like that's a scene I would have liked to have seen. You got crumbs on your baby? Oh, of course. Absolutely. (laughs) I would wear them in the sling all the time and then I would eat and then the crumbs would just like, it would just like crumbs all over their head. They don't know. They don't care. (laughs) I know. I'm just kidding. Um, they're babies. Anyway, um, I really love the joke where, where, uh, Jake made like, or so Terry's like sort of soft helping him. Like he's helping him behind the scenes because he doesn't want to commit to helping him with this idea. Um, but I did really love when they sort of got Kevin and, uh, Holt dirty and they had to change their clothes and made them wear thirst trap clothes. That really made me laugh. Like them in the hallway and the sexual tension of like Kevin wearing a mock turtleneck. That just really tickled me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also really loved the scene. Uh, first of all, I was very worried about Kevin when he got stung by the bees. I was like, somebody please get that EpiPen. This is serious. Um, but I really love the scene where Holt is describing the bird to him. I know. Um, oh I love the bird call stuff. All, yes. the, all, all the bird call stuff. So cute. So And the sweet. reveal that he was making the wrong bird call and Kevin still went to him. That was um, such a great setup where Kevin's basically like, he's a mediocre bird, <laughs> bird, a, a bird watcher. And that pays off that he doesn't even yeah. know the right bird call. And it's like, yeah. we never see Holt really making mistakes like that. So it was mm-hmm. really cool to see that dynamic of their relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was very sweet. And the whole idea of birds and mating and bird calls and the, all of it really worked again, very well done storyline. Um, and I just, I adored it. I loved him talking about the, the Pantones because I know what those are. Do you know what those are? Basically, uh, if you do graphic design, there's different kinds of color values and they all have numbers attached to them. And mm-hmm. Pantone is a really common like uh, color palette. And so he was describing the numbers of those colors in that mm. color palette. And so as a ner- as a, you know, like a design nerd, like graphic do when I do, I, I wouldn't, I'm not a huge, I don't do a lot of graphic design, but I do dabble. Um, and so that was a big, that was a good joke for me um, was the sexy, the hot Pantones. <laughs> Um, so in the end, uh, Kevin and I love that Kevin and Holt didn't fix their problems in this episode, but they agreed to do couple counseling. That seemed very realistic to me. We didn't even talk about the chip thing. I'd also really like that storyline with Rosa. I love that Rosa and Hitchcock kind of became BFFs for just like one episode. That was pretty, that was a cool pairing that was unexpected. Um, anyway, I loved it. I did think the whole baby thing was weird. I thought it was weird that Amy didn't mention it to Jake at all. Like, where were you mm-hmm. all day? Exactly. Why weren't you helping me with the baby? Well, you know, it, it probably wasn't written by a mom. I, I don't know. I, there are women in the writer's room. Did no one think to to bring this up? I can't imagine what woman wouldn't immediately smack Jake over the head the moment he walked through the door and say, where have you been all day? This baby's been screaming. I'm on vacation, too. You know? Yeah. Um, anyway, I just thought that was strange. 
and uh, but otherwise, a great episode. Um, I, I we didn't talk too much about Terry, but I did think the idea of Terry like not wanting to take a side was very funny. Um, anything else to say about the lake house? I liked it. It was fun. Um, I found the Holt and uh, uh, what's his name? Kevin. Ke- Ke- Kevin things the most endearing. Mm-hmm. I really want them to work it out. I know. I know. But I'm glad that the show wasn't like, we're going to use this as a plot device and then just wrap it up in one episode. I'm really yeah, like, glad. I hate the idea that the pandemic is the thing that could break people up. Like people who are good together, who work mm-hmm. well together, like who matched to- together. Like why would an event break you up? Like it should be well, some deep stuff. I think, well, I think that's the thing is that um, for a lot of couples, uh, I'm very lucky that this was not the case for my relationship, but for a lot of couples, it's not just the pandemic, it's the trauma of everything. I I think the whole experience was, was, it changed our lives and I think everybody dealt with it in different ways. And so I think that for a lot of people, maybe there were aspects of the relationship that weren't working already. And then when you add all that stress to it, it makes, it just kind of compounds it. But Mm -hmm. also just like sometimes we go through periods in our relationships where we're just not our best selves. Mm -hmm. And when we are experiencing trauma or depression, or depression or something or things that are going on inside of us that, that are, that, uh, that ripple outwards to the people around us. Like, I think even if you're good with somebody, even if you're good together, that can really put a strain on a relationship and imagine you're all going through it together collectively all over the world, you know, uh, that's a, that's a tough place to be in, I think, but hopefully they'll work it out. Cause I want to see them. I want to see them back together. I really do. Yeah. Um, Okay. Are we ready for our moments of thirst? Ooh, Sarah, do you not have any? Do you have some? You don't have any? No. I no was moments? Like, I was like, I feel like he wasn't even in the episodes that much. He was, um, it's interesting. He was the engine, but not the focus. You know, because he like, he was the catalyst for a lot of the A stories, but it wasn't, we didn't really get deep into what, I mean, the first episode, yes, but you know, he was being a real dumbass in that first episode. Um, I, because I am incorrigibly horny, I still managed to come up with several moments of thirst. If you want me to just go right ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, number one, I'm going to go with Jake's little curl. Uh, throughout both episodes, he had this one little errant curl that was like coming down over his forehead. And I was, I just thought it was a fucking adorable and I loved it. Aw. Um, I loved his casual checkered shirt that he wore at the, at the lake house. Um, it just looked really soft. Um, maybe it was because I, I don't know. I, I just really liked that casual checkered shirt. It looked very good on him. It looked very soft and comfortable. And then I know Jake did a lot of dumb things in these episodes, but I started reflecting on like Jake, the character, like who he was in the first season and who he is now. And I think one of the things that's, not stayed the same, but somehow evolved is like his, like a bit of his naivete and his purity of heart in the sense where he's like almost childlike in the way that he needs things to work out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a very attractive feature in a person, obviously because we're in a comedy, it leads to him doing some very stupid things, but I think there's something really sweet and endearing 
Uh, I don't know if this is really thir- something that makes me thirsty per se, but I do think it's very sweet and endearing um, that Jake continues to try to s- see the best in a situation mm-hmm. and want to do what he can to make the best outcome. Mm-hmm. That's very sweet. Um, so that's it. Those are my moments of thirst. Nice. Maybe we'll get to see, maybe uh, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that maybe we're going to get to see those, uh, get to see those, cute chunky thighs those meaty thighs in a future episode i'm just saying i'm manifesting shorts okay it we were at a lake house we could have worn shorts holt was wearing shorts that's true where's my thirst trap clothes as you would imagine i'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom but i can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy okay are we ready for some adam and andy trivia yes let's get let's do it okay I'm going to. I'm excited. Let me see. I'm excited about the mystery. This feels very mysterious. I couldn't quite narrow it down. Mm. I have just a bunch of facts. Ooh, I love facts. Are they facts about like the the brown tailed warbler or about Andy? Mm, Okay. As a like so basically this is what happened mm-hmm. so i watched a um an I- I- interview that someone gave to uh what is her name oh my god Sel- selena Go- gomez okay Andy Samberg and there was like a rapid fire kind of like oh fun questions about stuff because they they're in like Hotel responded. Transylvania together yes yeah and like Selena Gomez seemed drunk oh oh dear um no but like in a fun not oh, like, a, like a like it was like enough it she just like it seemed like I don't know she just seemed a little well I imagine goofy. those press things get real boring yeah I haven't really this really hadn't occurred to me until just now but that's quite an age gap am I right yeah, that's a pretty large age gap because we're talking about Selena Gomez. I know, but we're talking about I know. I'm just saying we're talking about Selena Gomez, who was also in the Dead Don't Die with Adam Driver, where she played a teenager, right? That's true. And Adam yeah. Driver is like five years younger than a- Andy Samberg. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there, Hollywood. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm just saying. Anyway, so I'm trying to figure out, like, I think what I'm going to do is just give you one and I like it. Have you have you just guess this is going to be like a a fill in the blank. I'm into it. This sounds amazing. This sounds amazing. When did Andy legally change his name from David to Andy? Well, it had to be before the Lonely Island took off. Um, is are you? We're looking for a year, mm-hmm. age, or oh, an age? Okay, so, goddamn. So when was he on? Uh, let me do some mental math here. So when was he on? If so, he's on Brooklyn Nine Nine. How long was he on SNL? I guess it was probably. You said you were in high school when he was on SNL. So if you're thirty. So if we go back, I'm 33. You, I mean, you're 33. Okay. So if we go back, like I don't know, 15 years or so, uh, let's round it up because I can't really do math. So 33. I'm gonna say he was 19. I didn't do any math. I literally that literally just came out of my head. 19. You said before the low, 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 low. Yeah, I. 
Island? I would say before they became famous. Before they became famous, I see. So I was, I'm I'm going to go with 19. It was long before they became famous. It was long before they even met. Oh. Five. He was five? Can you believe his parents wow. let him legally change his name when he was five? Well, wait, is that he, Andy's and Andrew's not like a middle name or something? He just changed. It might his have name? been, but it was David A. J. Okay, Sandberg. Okay, well, is his- and no one ever said what A. J. stood for. Okay, so we've talked about so. this before. I feel like, but is his dad's name David or something? Like, did he want to differentiate himself, or was he just like he's he's like I, he's I like share? He's like you will call me Andy now. Also, I will say I wanted to go by Eric when mm-hmm. I was five. Okay. You'd and, make a great Eric. And it lasted a week. And my parents were like, yeah, it's good. We're not, you're five. Your name is Sarah. So I'm just kind of like, why would his parents let him legally change his name then? I mean, I feel like if I let Elliot change his name, he would change it to Mr. Potato Head. Exactly. That's what but I'm saying. You can't can, trust five year olds. You can't. Uh, but I. But I can. But maybe he was really adamant about it, and maybe it went on for a long time. Uh, I don't know. So that's yeah. legal, though. Like he's legally changed because I thought he was just going by Andy instead of David. Mm-mm. No. Wow. So David, he was just like, "Fuck this." Yeah. Name. This is from multiple sources that he wow. legally changed his name. That's fucking crazy. Good for good for. Um, it seems to have worked for him. So. Here are some other hot facts Ooh, that hot, hot are not facts. good enough for questions, but okay. I just found them funny. Mm. Um, he hates Seth Meyers' dog, Frisbee. I know, because he was, he was just on the late night show with Seth Meyers, and he is mersed, he's been like, you just like roasting that dog. Why Every time he, he goes hate on. a dog? I think it's just a bit, honestly. Okay. I think it's a bit. Like he, um, he, showed a picture of the new Delta variant and it was like a Corona, the picture of the Corona, but with the dog's head. <laughs> also, why he is was, the dog's name Frisbee? I that confused know. me because I watched, I think I watched that same thing, not the whole thing, but it was something with Seth Meyers where it was about a Christmas card. Yes. And yeah. Like yes. he was like, Frisbee got cut or it didn't have Frisbee and I was like that was also from the same interview but I didn't understand that Frisbee was the name of a dog I thought they were talking about Frisbee like he plays like Frisbee golf and he's like a ultimate Frisbee guy exactly and he didn't want to put that in the Christmas card I was like yeah why why does he put Frisbee golf in like every Christmas card like that's kind of weird okay so I think that story is that the joke, the bit for that story, I think, was that Seth Meyer sent out a Christmas card. Oh, I remember now. I was reading. Oh, no, I was watching the interview recently on the interview. Andy said that they took all their Christmas cards last year and put them in a bag because they were afraid yes. that they <laughs> would have COVID on them. And, and so he forgot them about all it all at once, like months <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, I guess like Seth had sent out a card with the dog on it. And Andy was like, I immediately threw it away. <laughs> I can't look at that dog. Yeah, that was. Is it funny. a cute dog? At least, I mean, he looks like one of those like tiny, like sort of chihuahua. Not a, quite a chihuahua. You know what I mean? Like hairy, yeah. hairy but anxious. Those tiny, hairy, mm-hmm. anxious dogs. I also don't like those dogs. So you're the agree. I mean, I think you know, in the right light, maybe, maybe in a more flattering light. I mean, I'm soft, sure it's a, a lovely, like a sweet light. dog, but I, yeah, or not. I don't know. Those tiny dogs are kind of ruthless. Um. Wow. Anything? Do you have any other facts? Um, let's see. Um, 
His most prized possession is an animated cell of Princess Mononoke that his wife gave him. Wow. That's sweet. Yeah. That's very sweet. I mean, that's not funny. It's just like, that's it's just cute. cool. I, I like, yeah. I, I ship them. That's awesome. It had, like, if I'm, I might send it to you just because, like, like we were laughing about how like an like such a, a normal regular guy he seemed like because mm-hmm. like all of his responses were slightly boring and like like he like he rewatches South Park and like that kind of stuff and just yeah. like just like a regular guy so um, yeah and um, Sel- Sel- Selena's responses were very odd and she seems really quirky and. Uh, goofy and you know what she's really young and maybe like those tours get those press tours get real boring and maybe she just yeah. like was like i gotta fuck with people today yeah. i get that <laughs> um well thank you sarah that was amazing what great pieces of trivia and you really stumped me there um i really learned yeah. something new about andy so thank you yeah. oh you look awesome come the fuck upstairs <laughs> okay but wait i have to worry about something what? If you come up here, I'm going to tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days. I'm just in that kind of mood. Um. So are we ready to talk about the next movie that we're going to be watching? Yes. Uh, n- we're not going to spin a wheel. There's really no reason to because we're going to watch Annette. Or we have watched Annette. We have watched we Annette. We watched it, talk about it in a theater. So we saw it. It's coming out for us in our timeline tomorrow. So I'm going to watch it again. Um. And... I am so there's so much to talk about like so I've been thinking about this movie nonstop. like it's, it's been, been in hard my, not to talk to you about it it's so hard it's so hard not to talk to you about it um so I'm just gonna everybody knows Annette but I'm just gonna go ahead and read off the the log line for everybody uh a stand-up comedian and his opera singer wife have a two-year-old daughter with a surprising gift that's the ta- that's that's the log line from IMTB. She's a stand-up comedian. Right? He wouldn't be able... I don't think Henry McHenry would have been able to handle that if she had actually been a stand-up comedian that was more successful than him. Um, I feel like that doesn't really encompass what the movie is about. Uh, but I also... what I love a movie that you really can't describe what it's about. If it's a good movie. Like, if it's comp- incomprehensible, uh, then that's not good. But, like, I love that this movie is so weird that I feel like you there's really no log line you could come up with to succinctly describe it. I think that does. You do? I think I think we'll discuss. I, I feel like it's about different... so much more than that. It's about so much more than that. And you know what, Sarah? I'm going to convince you that it is. <laughs> All right. That's going to be my goal. I need, to, I need to look up the good review views of the movie to see what I might be. No, no, don't look up any reviews. You sh- I want no? you to come in with your own opinions. But I do think that you should watch it again because it's a lot to take in and i do think honestly i mean i was already hyped for it and uh so i went in very excited to begin with but i also went in having listened to the soundtrack before i saw the movie and so i felt like there was a lot going on that i was able to feel a little bit more like connected to it because I had already listened to the music and I was like, Oh, okay, here's where this song comes in. But there were tons of songs in there that aren't on the soundtrack. So there was a lot of surprises too. Uh, anyway, I just think that um, I'm not saying that 
you you sh- if you listen to the soundtrack, it's going to change your mind. I'm just saying that listening to the soundtrack without the visuals, I think helped me to see some of what was going on in the story and the themes and some of the motifs and stuff that maybe um, I, I, and then, and then I was able to go while I was watching it. Oh, I see what they're doing there. I see how they're tying this to this other thing uh, through the visuals that is also in the music. Anyway, I'm just really looking forward to peeling back all the layers of this movie. I, I, I cause I feel like there's a lot of layers um, and I do, I don't think you feel that same way but maybe when we talk about it uh i'm not looking i'm not saying i'm going to change your mind but i think i want really you to there. like i want to see the good in this movie i hated it like beginning to end i so listeners i guess we're just going to go here i loved it beginning to end i was captivated and i knew going into it that i might like the soundtrack and then go in and not like the movie but that was not the case i was fully captivated I thought the movie was excellent um, and I really can't wait to talk about it with you. And it's okay yeah. that if we don't share the same opinion about things. Um, no, it'll make the episode more, more interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I do yeah. think, I do think when sh- once we talk about it, I think you'll see there's more going on there than maybe meets the eye because there's just like, it's so much happening in that movie. Uh, it's a bit overwhelming. I think at the first run, so maybe on a second pass, I'm not saying you'll like it, but maybe you'll see some things that you didn't before. It wasn't overwhelming for me, though. It was like... Well, let's not talk about it. We yeah, can't talk, talk, talk about it. We can talk about it. I got yeah. So you know, know, listeners, the secret is out. We're going to watch Annette. Uh, that'll be our next film. Sarah didn't like it. I loved it. Um, and we're going to talk about it. Um, we're going to fight to the death. Uh, kidding. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, listeners, thank you for welcome back. We're going to be continuing our usual ske- release schedule, which is every other week. So bi-weekly, uh, we'll be releasing episodes from now until the end of 2021, whatever that brings. Uh, I will say that we had a live show planned in Atlanta, which we did postpone. Uh, we're still going to do it. So we're going to be watching Midnight Special and we're going to do a live recording in Atlanta. We just postponed it due to uh, the COVID stuff and it felt like uh, we should you know, uh, give that some time to settle on down. So hopefully by it, hopefully um, things will settle down. And uh, at, by the end of this year, we'll be doing a live show. Uh, once we have another date, we'll let you know. Uh, we didn't know, let you know of the first one, but it was supposed to be this month. <laughs> um, also, uh, please uh, reach out to us on social media. One of the most rewarding things about for me about this podcast, besides getting to spend uh, before, besides forcing Sarah to spend all this time with me, is uh, to talk to you guys on social media about the movies and everything that's going on. So uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Adam and Andy Podcast, uh, or you can find us on Twitter at Adam Andy Pod. So uh, tell us what you thought of the first two episodes, of Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, and uh, I'm really super excited about talking about Annette. I can't wait. It's going to be so fucking great. Yeah.